This podcast is part of the OIW Podcasting Network. Welcome to this week's episode, which is brought to you by OIW Podcast Network and Wrestling with Jonders Podcast Network, which you can go to OIWPodcastNetwork.com and WrestlingWithJonders.com, which, of course, WrestlingWithJonders.com slash Where Is My Mind is also another way you can get this podcast every single week. But I'm going to let the episode play out, which this week's episode is with Tiffany Morgan. We had a great conversation, and if you don't know who Tiffany is, you're going to know by the end of this episode. So I'm going to let it play out, and I hope you all enjoy Welcome to Where Is My Mind, a deep dive into Curtis Rich, presented by OIW Podcast Network and Wrestling With Genres Podcast Network, which you can check them both out at OIWPodcastNetwork.com and also WrestlingWithGenres.com. But today, we're sticking with diversifying our guest list like we have been over the last month. And today, we have a drag queen extraordinaire with over 20 years of experience. She runs her own drag show events, a community leader in Kingston, Ontario, radio hostess running her own podcast, Breakfast with Tiffany, on uh, CFC, is it CFRC 101? Point nine FM is that is that correct? Because I've heard it said a, a couple different ways. I wasn't sure. <laughs> CFRC one hundred one point nine FM, a campus and community radio in Kingston, Ontario, and yes proud uh yeah i'm still doing the old ways the old radio ways but also the podcasting ways so what? yes thank you so much for having me no problem i thank you for coming on like I, I always appreciate when someone takes their time out of their day to come and talk to me i really do appreciate it but tiffany here on where is my mind we like to get to know our guests personally and while deep diving you i have found so much i could talk to you about but i want to start off with we gonna go back to a young tiffany morgan and what were your influences influences that grew you up to led you to a drag and also on top of that podcasting because for my viewers on a little background on you breakfast with tiffany was the very first drag queen podcast in canada so if you're interested in hearing from uh from that you can actually google that it's actually it's not hard to find it's everywhere so i mean like you you can fact check me and come back to me and you'll you'll know that but i'm interested to hear from you personally what influences you had growing up that lead you not only into drag but also podcasting because it's always it's always different for everyone oh god that is quite the question because <laughs> because a i have to remember that far back <laughs> and b uh, i have to come up with a true story so <laughs> No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Uh, yeah, so drag. Uh, what, what brought me into drag? That's a really good question. Uh, when I first moved to Kingston, because I'm not born and raised in Kingston, I moved to Kingston for uh, university life. And as most homosexualities in first year university, most of it was at the gay club. And... <laughs> 
<laughs> not studying on uh, on uh, you know uh, learning your uh, A's and B's and stuff like that in university. So I I got into the uh, drag queen circuit here in Kingston. So uh, that was um, I, I moved in uh, in September '99. So within about six months to eight months, I I knew Jazz Morgan who was. Uh, a drag queen here in town, uh, and uh, I, I was hanging out with all the other queens, and then I ended up just kind of, you know, they 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 were like, "Hey, you really need to get into drag. We th we think you do really well." And uh, and then the first time was uh, March, and I think um, I think it's coming up the anniversary. I think it was March twelfth or something like that, or is it March nineteenth? Anyway, so it would be <laughs> happy anniversary. It'll, it'll be twenty two years. <laughs> <laughs> of drag. Uh, but and, the, and back then back then so we have to think about it because right now like rupaul's drag race is a huge influence yeah we that was before youtube uh believe it or not that was before youtube so you weren't learning your makeup techniques from watching a video online you're watching your make uh, you're getting your makeup techniques from the the person who's your mentor your drag mother as we call it who is showing you how they did their face and then you you mimic that face sort of thing so so that was back in the day wow um <laughs> you know we would go on mass to the local like uh, a secondhand clothing store and be like, oh, we get all the sequin dresses and all the stretchy dresses that we can find. <laughs> that was, again, before Amazon, too. Um, but, you know, and then and then years later, getting into podcasting, that was really, uh, that was really interesting because uh, when I got into podcasting, so podcast, and not many people know that the word podcast comes from the, uh, from an iPod. So the iPod, the first iPod being like it was it was even bigger than my phone I think right now but uh, that kind of started the craze and and then the podcasts were on iTunes and stuff and that's why they're called podcasts so um, I got into that uh, uh, maybe like a second wave or so uh, there was I started listening to uh, um, uh, so, uh, the first podcast in drag queen of the states Wanda Wisdom Wanda Wisdom from uh, I think. Was she, no, she's not from Michigan. She's from uh, the Twin Cities there. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Minnesota. <laughs> and uh, and just listening to them, and there was like all these podcasts that were coming out of Chicago, like queer podcasts that were just like, just crazy ideas and crazy kind of characters too and stuff. And I kind of wanted to jump into it. And that's, uh, that's when I jumped in, you know, just started it up. Um, I was self-hosting it on my own website. I was writing my own RSS feed oh, when I first God. started. Yeah, can yeah. you imagine that? Because people are like, "What?" I remember that. I like <laughs> I, I was born in '92, so like I remember when listening to podcasts when I was a kid and like growing up, and I had the little like iPod like generation two and like you could only fit like maybe two or three episodes and then it would be full so you would have to decide between like all this music or you, like two episodes of a podcast you couldn't have both so I remember the struggles or yeah if you had to have an RS, uh, RFSS feed even if it was for like a YouTube video you had to write that yourself you didn't have the feed you didn't have the conveniences of what we have nowadays where just there's host sites everywhere that will just massively 
feeds you everywhere. Like my podcast has a lot of feeds, like pretty much that's how I get myself out everywhere. So it's just like, it's so convenient now. Um, so it's very interesting to hear like your perspective on the differences between like nowadays and what it was like back then, because I, I can't, I can imagine. And I know for the podcasting world, because like I've been a part of that and I've had multiple podcasts growing up, even if it, some of them weren't serious, <laughs> like the one I do now is very serious and I, I enjoy it, but I'm very interested to know uh, a little bit more of like the differences between like what you were saying, like uh, back then for drag and nowadays, because now you didn't have, when you started the conveniences of YouTube or Amazon, like where you could just get your, your stuff just delivered to you at the drop of a dime and like one day shipping or a YouTube tutorial. So, um, I want to know when your drag mother came into the, into the picture, uh, first of all, um, did you know her before? you got into drag like was it a personal friendship and then she just convinced because i know you you were saying that she convinced you into getting into drag so she was an influence so definitely i could see on the way that she was an influence for you but um i want to just know a little bit more on that is like she uh just how much of an influence she's been for you and just how much uh, of a assistance she's been for you because like I said you didn't have the conveniences of YouTube or Amazon at the drop of a dime so I can't imagine the struggles you've uh, you've been through over your long rich career of uh, of doing drag so uh, run me through just kind of the struggles that you went through. <laughs> Well, you know, you know, you, you use the word struggles, and I, I, I never really think of it ever that way because I've, I've sat down with, uh, with people, and they're just like, they're just fascinated, and, and I'm like, that's just my life. <laughs> I'm like, it's just, it's just a secondhand nature sort of to me. So sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, I kind of think about it through a different lens, sort of thing. It, it, it yeah, it was, it was, it was very unique. Um, it was before, like, when I first started doing drag, it was before RuPaul's Drag Race, before it was so mainstream. There were um, uh, hints of it, and there was, there was um, positive hints of it, I would say, in the media. Like, in the 90s, there was, uh, there was suddenly, like, all these uh, kind of, like, uh, like two Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar, which may not have really cast a, a perfectly good light on drag, <laughs> because they were in drag the entire movie. <laughs> Um, because you're like drag queens, the makeup comes off every now and again. So, uh, and then there was also um, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. I thought Priscilla was a a much better like um, a depiction of kind of drag in the '90s, especially in Australia there too. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Jazz uh, Morgan, she uh, she took me under uh, her wing. She had uh, she had done that quite uh, quite often in 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 Kingston. So throughout the '90s, she had other children as well. So other uh, ment uh, mentees, uh, she uh, would put them into makeup. If they liked it, she would then train them how she does her makeup. Uh, it's kind of a it's it's funny to think back in the day that uh, some in the drag circles like uh, queens from Toronto could tell if. A queen was from Hamilton because all the Hamilton queens kind of 
were trained by the same person. So they kind of had the same <laughs> kind of look almost. Uh, <laughs> and you don't really see that very often now. You would see that like, you know, on RuPaul's Drag Race right now because someone is uh, is a drag daughter of Crystal Method. So she's definitely got Crystal Method's kind of you know, style of yeah, makeup. Definitely. Uh, but it's it's very there's a lot of unique makeup looks now and uh, and and looks and stuff like that. So and but it was also we're, we're talking like Kingston is not a big city like this yeah. is not even a maybe a secondary city of Canada. So there's not a whole lot of uh, necessarily like a lot of queens coming through giving different influences and stuff. So we we definitely like um, kind of. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We fed off each other sort of thing, you know, for our talents and our, and our arts and stuff. I think for me, for an influence though, there was also other influences. So I was really, uh, cause you know, I'm, I was 20, 21 at the time. I would be going off to Toronto to, uh, the nightclubs. And that was during the heyday, early two thousands of like the nightclub scene. There was still like a little bit of a vibe of, uh, kind of club kids or post cub club kids sort of thing and when we were saying club kids back then it was more like a, a different it wasn't like the the hardcore kind of extreme it was just the the glitter <laughs> sort of thing that lasted and uh, that's why i bought my first wig was the blue wig uh bought in a sex shop on young street in toronto i still have it i love it i'm getting buried with it <laughs> uh, but i i kind of wanted to not necessarily emulate like um because back then it was either you were a female impersonator quote unquote so you were trying to kind of pass as a female or you you would do like what i was going to do which was like i'm doing a kind of a caricature i'm not i'm emulating but i'm not trying to pass so let's do some blue hair and let's just have some fun with it uh so so yeah and uh yeah, that was that was a lot. That was a lot of fun uh, back then, for sure. You know, um, well, you know, being young and gay, and you know, doing drag at a nightclub and stuff. That was so much fun back then. Yeah. And how how different would you say it is nowadays? And um, how much has it changed you as a drag queen? Uh, now having, like I said, access to all these different makeup techniques and all these different things uh, on YouTube. Uh, just um, has that helped you elevate, would you say? Or has that just helped you uh, just become better in drag? Like, I, I just, I'm, I'm curious to know what your thoughts of just all these different makeup techniques and everything on YouTube, because it's everywhere. So, I mean, like, oh. the information is just very accessible now. It's, it's hard. It's hard. Like you feel, I f believe it or not. So some people out there will say Tiffany hasn't changed her look or anything, but I do feel the pressures. I do feel the pressures. I, like, you know, whatever is the current fad, like, you know, the baking fad where you're yeah. leaving powder on your face for like an hour or something uh, like, you know, I feel the pressures. And especially now that, that Queens are doing their, their eye makeup first and then putting the foundation on. Cause that's not how I, I, you know, uh, <laughs> Weird. I, I, it's weird. It's weird. I'm like, what's going on here? But I'm like, do I have to do that now? <laughs> uh, do I have to wear nails to, in order to do drag? Uh, do I have to, <laughs> you know, do I have to buy a certain wig from someplace to do drag? But we had those pressures back then too. We, we, we had those pressures back then too. I, 
I always felt, um, which was, you know, get, when I first started doing drag, getting in, uh, into drag and they, uh, just getting the tips from the from the older queens who have been performing, have been touring and stuff. And some of their tips were just basic things like, you know, make sure you buy makeup that you can buy in the next town. <laughs> At the uh, at the at the you know the uh, pharmacy stores something like that right because if you're buying makeup and you're going on tour makeup that's high end or something like that and then you run out of it or someone steals it on you or something you have to replace it to you know how to replace it from the local shoppers drug mart sort of thing right so I, I still I still kind of feel that way too I'm like like don't break the bank on the makeup. Um, and uh, and that that's sometimes what I try to tell some of the girls too. I'm like I'm like you know just make sure that you're as as long as you're breaking even at the end of the day. <laughs> like you know you could don't go you, broke. Don't go broke for your art. <laughs> don't go broke for your art. I think you know being from Kingston, hanging out with like a lot of artists and stuff like that. It was it was really you know the uh, the older artists were like yeah. You know, if you break even, that is that is a good day. If you make a profit, that's even a better day, sort of thing. So don't go broke for your art form because that's uh, that. I think that's a longevity kind of point. Because I, I can I can give you longevity story. Because <laughs> a lot of queens have, uh, you know, they started off and then and then they kind of retire by uh, twenty five or so. But as long as you're loving your art, whatever art that is, if it's painting whatever it is if it's like i don't know playing a video game you see it as art form go right ahead for it but if it's if you're going broke for it if it's yeah yeah so double downing on last week's announcements i'm just going to let everyone know that we are offering our merch services so if you go to claystudios.net you can find all the information you need to know about that but we stand behind our merchandise and we love the quality behind it so we're very excited to offer it out to all of you so if you go to claystudios.net you can find all the information on there but clay studios take your merch game to the next level it's not only bad for financially, but it's also how people get breaking down mentally. And that's how they get just the all, all motivation just gets sucked out of them. So it's yeah. just, I, I agree 100% with that. Don't go broke for your art. If you can break even great. If you can make a profit even better, but don't go broke for your art because that's only just bad for the psyche and will only bring you down. So I, I 100% agree with that. But Tiffany, you were crowned Miss Gay Kingston in June oh. 2009 during Kingston's Pride. I want you to run me through all the emotions you felt during that moment, not only being crowned for your years of service in your community, but on top of that, being crowned by your drag mother, which I know for a fact, without you telling me, meant a lot to you. So just give me everything you were feeling in that moment. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, well, let's let's uh, do a little for your listeners, for your viewers out there, a little background. So, Miss Gay Kingston was a a pageant title uh, that uh, uh, was run every year in the '90s until '98, uh, I think it was, uh, and that was the last kind of pageant pageant. And uh, Jazz Morgan, my drag mother, was the winner of that pageant, so she was Miss Gay Kingston, and. <laughs> And and uh, she just stayed Miss Gay Kingston. 
because <laughs> there was no competition. There was no, uh, like, there was no committee, no nothing. And uh, for the longest time, there is, I have a documentary too. Did you know? Uh, <laughs> and for um, there was a long period in the two thousands where I was the I was the only drag queen in the village. <laughs> <laughs> I was the only drag queen in the village. Uh, there were there were a few retired ones, but they they weren't active performing uh, drag queens, and uh, there was no gay bar at the time. I was doing shows at like uh, clubs and and. Uh, actually people's living rooms and stuff that was fun but <laughs> but um yeah then um uh and i always I would always tease jazz and i'm like i'm like oh miss gay kingston this miss gay well if i was well anyway they did uh, uh she got together with some people uh, on the pride committee too and uh, at that time and they're like we're gonna we're gonna crown uh tiffany morgan as miss gay kingston because because uh, of all the work i think with jazz uh, she also like instilled in me not just because we I know I may have focused on the makeup and 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 performance and stuff, but she also instilled in me like an importance for drag queens, um, especially at that time that that uh, we're we we play some different roles within the queer community, right? We play um, the the advocates, sometimes the the spokesperson, some of the like the town criers. I w I would always say the town crier. And uh, and always, you know, having to uh, step up to to do fundraising. Um, so she kind of instilled that in me, and and I made sure to do that. Um, uh, at I still, you know, I still try to do what I can now uh, for the community. So yeah, they they recognized me for that, <laughs> which was so sweet. They gave me uh, the crown. That is the uh, I still have it because uh, <laughs> I haven't I haven't given it away to anyone else. Which I should have. <laughs> so, so let's not talk about that. Uh, but it's uh, it's the same crown which was passed down from queen to queen to queen, and it's just it's a beautiful piece of history, uh, and something that I shouldn't be holding on to. So one of these days, we'll yeah. we'll pass that on to someone else. And and since then, how important has the Kingston community been to you? Because I know you're. Your podcast, Breakfast with Tiffany, was a way of you sharing your thoughts and experiences around the world, but was also your way of sharing the news to your community because there was a lot of places shutting down on your time, which this is all actually on your website, which I will have links for and everything. Definitely everyone check out, check out Tiffany's website. It's great. But often I talk uh, about the struggles uh, with podcasters and how they are starting up with saying that I love to... so. I'd love to know when you first started, what kind of like obstacles you had to overcome uh, getting the information out there? Because I know a lot of people like start a podcast, but then they'll quickly end a podcast because they can't get the viewers out there because I know there's a struggle. So they'll either go to YouTube. So did you start off uh, just going everywhere or did you just start off on YouTube or like how did uh, how did you start off the breakfast with tiffany and it lead to all your opportunities with radio and uh and the uh your other podcast what's the maple tea <laughs> yeah yeah i um yeah yeah it's funny you should mention that yeah i, I forgot there was um uh, like an out in king was it out in kingston little segment i would i would always kind of mention all the kind of queer events and and things going on in king just as a like you know on the podcast to be like hey these are happening this is happening there this is happening there 
because we did lose uh, the one kind of uh, like the gay local gay bar. Um, so there were there were things all over town, and uh, it was really important to get that out. Um, uh, listenership, yeah, that that's always been a bit of a struggle. Um, I'm not um, I'm not CBC. Uh, Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. I do not. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I I love I love these conversation uh, podcast sort of things, right? I don't like a well, what can I say? I do like a heavily produced podcast too, but you know, they don't seem very um, gen. Well, not genuine is probably too strong of a word to say, but (laughs) I would say so. Authentic, authentic. Let's just say authentic. It feels, it feels more authentic when it's a conversation and there's no like stingers and fade into this and fade into that sort of thing. Um, But uh, yeah, I, as for listenership, it's, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, I don't have, I will freely admit, I do not have the millions of people following me. (laughs) As other podcasts, drag queen podcasts have, um, you know, not 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 everyone wants to you know listen to a small town drag queen sort of thing, and uh, and that's still today too. That's still today too. But uh, as for the progression, yeah. So like I said before, when it first started off, I was writing my own RSS feed code, uploading it to my website. That was, well, goodness sakes. And uh, and then it slowly progressed. And then there was a, a good time that I stopped doing it. Um, but then I started up again when pandemic happened. Um, I started up again. But I started up as live streaming uh, at noontime on my Facebook profile. That got things, I was like, oh. And then I, I, then I was like, oh you know, I can really get back into podcasting other than just doing this random live stream. I can put this back into a podcast, so I did. Uh, and then CFRC approached me because they're like a little, you know, they're a campus, a community. You won't hear the signal outside of Kingston, right? But they were struggling because they're all volunteers. They're all Queen students. Whenever, like, all the Queen students are sent home for <laughs> pandemic, and when you can't actually get into the studio because it's like gonna maybe kill you if you like you know like we're talking the early parts of the pandemic they reached out to me and they're like hey you sound good (laughs) you got your own microphone you got you you can record this can you send it to us i'm like yeah we'll we'll join the cfrc family again this would have been my second uh uh loop around but um yeah it's kind of funny how podcasting led me back into radio (laughs) It's kind of, you kind of think of it going the other way around, but uh, yeah, it got me into radio, and uh, and and now we're we're back again. So I'm I'm doing uh, a weekly uh, podcast slash radio show. It's, it's you know uh, recording that, still still live streaming it, uh, recording it, and then putting it up as as audio. But oh my gosh, it's so easy now to do a podcast like. Anyone can do a podcast. Like, Ladies and gentlemen, if you live in the Toronto, Ontario area, get your ass down to Rockpile Bar and Nightclub on March 13, 2022 at 5555 Dundas Street West, Toronto, Ontario for New Frontier Wrestling Redefined. The Odyssey begins. It's going to be a fantastic show. Tickets start at $20. You are not going to want to miss this. Come on down to the Rockpile Bar and Nightclub and join us for New Frontier Wrestling Redefined. 
Especially like, now in the pandemic with everyone being at home most of the time, that's I, like my numbers shot up during the pandemic. And this is, I actually started my podcast back up because of the pandemic because I lost my job. And so I, I actually started my first episode. It was just a pissed off rant where I was just, I was just yelling about my, about my job, just screwing me over. But then like right at the end of it, I kind of like reflected at the end of it. I was like, I feel good. I'm going to keep doing this. And then by episode 10, I was talking to guests and it, now it's where we are now. So I just, I feel, I love asking that question to different podcasters because everyone's story is a little different. Everyone gets into podcasting a different way because like you said, everyone can get into podcasting now. The platforms that you have and the avenues that you have to get it out there are endless. It's just about it's just about how you drive and how you market yourself and push yourself out there. I don't have many viewers either, but the people who do listen to me and actually support and love the podcast, I love them for it. And I keep doing it because they're listening. Even if it's just 17 people listening, I love those 17 people for listening. And that's uh, that's how I feel it's all about. People get kind of captured a little bit too in the numbers and not holding on to the numbers that they have and appreciating the numbers mm. that they have. So uh, I appreciate and keep the same mentality that I had from day one when I only had like two viewers to the same ones where I have where sometimes I'll get like hundreds of viewers, but then the next episode I'll only get like maybe 50 viewers. The viewership doesn't matter to me. Like that number doesn't really matter to me. It's about just people listening to the podcast and actually having a good time with it and just getting something out of it um, because that's ultimately... I feel what uh, us podcasters are out to inspire is to inspire others to either get creative in whatever they want to do in their life. And it, even if it is a podcast and you become another podcast, um, just don't let yourself get uh, boggled down by the numbers. So I, I agree with your mentality and I love your mentality for that because you need you need to keep that because it's the only way that you'll actually survive in this podcasting game. Well, there there's, used to be quite um I, I i would imagine there still is although I, i've kind of moved away from it but there were uh, a lot of like the podcasters of the early they would connect uh, and they would share uh, their their journeys with each other and then you started having these pod camps have you been to a pod camp i have not been to a pod camp that sounds interesting let me i i, I don't know it. if this honestly i don't know if they have them anymore <laughs> <laughs> But there, there was a PodCamp Toronto, and these were really hardcore podcasters, and I'm still in touch with them to this day. Uh, and they would uh, connect, and, the, and they would do like this unconference, as they call it, an unconference. You go to the PodCamp, and then if you want to do a session, you just write the session details at that point when you're there, and you're like, okay, room 100 is open. Okay, I'm going to talk about you know, um, RSS feeds or whatever, like, you know, microphones or something. Um, and, uh, and then there was also in Kingston, which was a really influential kind of conference with podcasters across borders. So you have uh, these podcasters from the States and from Canada, and they're really kind of like, they're talking about storytelling. Uh, CC Chapman actually, I think did some sessions and he's has some LinkedIn learnings about that now. <laughs> So, you know, I'm, I'm not getting any money out of that, uh, <laughs> but you know, and they, they hosted them in Kingston and I, you know, I was able to, I'm like, oh, it's at the whole day and I'll just go down to the whole day and then go, go hang out with them. And, uh, yeah, that, that, 
Oh, those are some really good times in the in the earlier podcasting days. So um, I think now PodCamp Toronto may not be called PodCamp Toronto. It got taken over by the content developers and marketers. So <laughs> see, I, I'm I'm responsible for OIW's events, and we're trying to get into panels. You're kind of inspiring me with a few ideas Ooh. with that because that sounds. That sounds such like such a great idea, and I love sharing stories with other podcasters. So that just sounds really fun. Um, I hope that's still a thing. I may actually look into that after this, after we're done with this. But um, holy, uh, Tiffany, I'm having such a great time talking to you, and I love your diversity, including your Instagram, which shows you're an avid gardener. Which, as someone uh, myself who loves gardening and wishes they have property to grow uh, vegetables and everything because I love doing that. Uh, I'd love to know where that passion came from because that's because uh, while deep diving you, that was something I wasn't expecting. And uh, I always have had a passion for gardening. So I, I really want to know more about that. <laughs> well, if you tune into the podcast, like like it's it, we are in springtime now. <laughs> Or, you know, we're planning, preparing for the garden. So it's very focused on the gardening right now. But, uh, yeah, I've always been uh, a gardener. Like, from a little wee thing, uh, you know, great-grandmother turned, you know, told my mom. She's like, I think, I think little Tiffany has created a little patch in my garden. That is, and I did. I created a little patch. I took some uh, strawberry uh, uh, the little offshoots there, I planted them, I was growing them in the little corner of Great Grandmother's Garden, and, and yeah, I, I've always had that little bit of a, a gardening bug, um, for, uh, for, like, well, yeah, for fruits and vegetables. I always feel like there has to be a practical side to things. You, you have the pretty as well, but you have to have, like, cottage gardening, I suppose you could call it. Uh, but then, um, I, I, I don't know, like, I don't know when, uh, these large tropicals start coming into into my life <laughs> suddenly yeah i don't know i don't it, it could be like you know um middle age thing i don't know but <laughs> but yeah i suddenly wanted um like it, it, we're talking like not the like there's such a house plant craze right now oh and there's God. plants that i have no idea what the name of them are but i got into bananas i got into bananas I got into colocations, I got into alocations, and if you see uh, my banana, the Musa uh, Thai Black, I, I, this has never happened to me before. They grow indoors, but uh, so, sweet peas, sweet peas, if you're listening out there and you're like from Florida, I'm in Kingston, Ontario, there is a foot of snow outside, so the, the banana's inside in a pot, <laughs> and it's under a grow light, and it's producing a flower it's producing an inflorescence so i'm gonna have plantains bananas maybe potentially this has never happened to me before but i'm like obsessed and i i, I think i posted a million photos of that but uh, but yeah i love uh gardening I, I have a greenhouse i love growing cucumbers and tomatoes and and actually look look for that later on sweet peas there might be something in ontario for that <clears throat> um but uh, you didn't hear it from me at all um but yeah yeah i just i just enjoy it it's just part of my nature and i find i found such a community around that like there's so many gardeners out there who who are desperate to connect with other gardeners you know <laughs> like podcasters are desperate to connect to other podcasters that gardeners are, are want to connect with other gardeners and share 
their stories, they want to show some photos. They're like, hey, what's this? There's lots of gardening questions. So I kind of want to, like, yeah, I, got, I kind of got into that. But it's always been part of me. Always been part of me. Me, me and my, my fiancé, before the winter hit, we actually got really obsessed with making jams and uh, edible, uh, like, cool. paste out of flowers. And I, it's so baffling to me how many useful flowers there are out there that people take for granted like just taking dandelions and turning them into jam the jam that comes from dandelions are beautiful it tastes like honey it's like a, almost like a honey marmalade and they're everywhere you can get them everywhere literally there was a field right next to me that was just full of them I literally made like maybe 30 jars of dandelion jam. It's it was amazing and it's just it's super simple to make. And there's so many flowers that are out there that are either considered pests or just a nuisance that are actually very resourceful. You can either use them as garnish for salad, you can make teas out of them, you can make a whole bunch of different jellies for them. So uh, that's kind of what got me interested in um, gardening uh, or getting my love back into gardening. But my my love for gardening actually started with my grandparents bringing me to like strawberry fields. I don't know if your grandparents did the same thing, but like um... they they had their own strawberry fields. So. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Why is it? It's like grandmothers. Like <laughs> grandmothers and gardening. It's just it, it goes hands in hand. It goes hand in hand, like like bread and wine. <laughs> but like yeah. um. That was my how I got obsessed with gardening was just my grandmother always taking me out to strawberry fields and spending days just picking strawberries and 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 uh, blueberries and everything. So um, that's kind of how it started. I don't know if you know this uh, app. I'm going to show you after we're done podcasting, but it's really a really resourceful app that actually like you just take a picture of whatever plant or fruit or anything you're looking at and it will give you all the details, including if it's edible or not. So like it's very resourceful and actually has been helping me for my foraging and uh, decide what I want to grow in the spring. So uh, I may actually send you that that app because it's it's really it's it's pretty interesting. I think you'd really like it. Yeah, yes. Send it away. Send it away. Like um, speaking speaking of that. Yeah, because goldenrod is a is a family kind of remedy. Uh, Apparently, my great great grandmother. I uh, would I would uh, harvest goldenrod before it blooms, sort of thing, and she used it as a tea for colds and stuff. And and we always thought we're like, well, what the you know, it's crazy great great grandmother sort of thing. Uh, but then reading up on it, I guess uh, there's some studies on it too. Um, but yeah, it's 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 kind of it's kind of cute that way. When you said uh, dandelions, though, I I just keep I'm like I've never done a jam a, a jam or jelly from dandelions, but I have heard of dandelion wine. <laughs> Yeah, the wine is great too, but like you can actually, yeah, you can turn it into a jam and it tastes uh, very much like a honey marmalade. It's very delicious. I really like it. Um, I'm excited for dandelions to start springing again so I can go harvest them. Me me and Brian were literally going out. Uh, it was great because it made us go out every day for long walks and we would just pick dandelions. So we'd have these little like knapsacks that just like fill them with uh, dandelions. But it's very easy to do and like i said it's it's a flower that's everywhere so i mean it's not hard to pick sometimes you'll get a bunch of them in your front yard and like to me that um that that's that's a very resourceful flower that people only think it's like it's good for a wine but there's so many actual 
uh, remedies and resources. You can even make a butter out of it too. They're like there's there's multiple different ways you can do you can use it. It's kind of crazy. So um, that's yeah, my yeah. fascination with gardening is actually just all the different kind of sources you can use for them. Yeah. yeah. Well, dandelions again. Like I, I remember, great grandmother would tell stories because they, they, she would. Uh, I've. I've, you know, during the lean sort of times and stuff like that and growing in uh, in northern Ontario, it's the first green thing growing is the dandelions. So you can actually eat the greens, too. I guess uh, they use them in some fancy restaurants and stuff, too, in the salads. But she would just boil them, though. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like, yeah, there's so, we've we, a lot of lost knowledge, I suppose, is what you're kind of getting to, you know um and and the wild foraging and stuff is is uh, is definitely popular you have to know what you're doing though too right yeah, you know definitely uh, um yeah don't be picking the dandelions that are you know sitting in the the oil dump yeah they, they, <laughs> the, the key is making sure they're they're sprouted uh, if they're if they look like they're about to die do not pick them that's <laughs> that's bad <laughs> But Tiffany, from drag to podcasting to talking gardening, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and taking your time. I do have one more question for you that I always like to end my podcast on. But before we get to that, I want you to let my audience know where they can find you on social media. And as well, if you have any upcoming events, uh, plug them away right now. Uh, this would be the great time for that. Oh, perfect. Uh, well, Sweepies, Sweepies, you can find me uh, at Tiffany.com. I think uh, I've had that website since the beginning so that's t-y-f-f-a-n-i-e.com and on my social medias it's it tends to be tiffany morgan um there's uh yeah tiffany t-y-f-f-a-n-i-e and then morgan the usual spelling of morgan and uh yeah find me on uh instagram instagram facebook uh i'm really like i'm, I'm an older queen so i'm like facebook is I know I understand Facebook. <laughs> I kind of understand Instagram. Trying to figure out the TikTok. There's Tiffany Morgan on TikTok, but there's not a whole lot on there, but there will be. Uh, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so check me out. Uh, just do a Google search for Tiffany Morgan. I'm sure you'll find me, sweet peas. Oh, as for upcoming events and stuff, uh, there. Most of these events are, are in-person events in Kingston. So uh, if you're in the Kingston area, uh, I'll be uh, next week. It's, I've, is it March 2nd? I think it's March 2nd. <laughs> or is it March 3rd? It's a Wednesday at the Grad Club for an open stage. There's going to be a whole bunch of new drag performers for the first time. So you can find me there. And then on uh, March 4th, Friday, Isis Couture. Uh, winner of Canada's Drag Race Season 2 is coming to Kingston, and I'll be there. I'll be there. Uh, March 12th, there's going to be a show at Spearhead Brewery uh, in the West End here in Kingston, and you can find me there, too. Tickets you can buy at Spearhead. You know, actually, just go to dragshow.ca. So any kind of drag events that are happening in southeastern Ontario here, uh, that and I run that website, so... Uh, if it, they're all listed there on dragshow.ca, if I if I catch wind of it and someone tells me of it, it's it's up on that website. So just go to dragshow.ca. Tiffany, you're an inspiration to many in Kingston, and I'm honored to have you on. We'll have to do this again sometime, but I would like to end off Where Is My Mind on a reflective note every time. And I like to talk about what keeps us going, which I call the three things that keep you flexible, whether that's something in your life, your health, and or anything that you do 
uh, that brings you balance in life. So I'd love to know what are the three things that Tiffany Morgan holds on to that keeps her flexible and going every day in her life? <laughs> well, it's not Russian vodka because it's no longer on the shelves. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what are the three things that keep me flexible? I think a sense of humor for sure. Like, you know, don't take yourself seriously. <laughs> You know, if you can laugh at yourself that you're doing okay, sweetie. Uh, and uh, and and just having really uh, a good support around you, good friends who who support you uh, is uh, is really, really important too. And uh, you know, I, I think um, I think I sometimes take it for granted that 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 I, I you know you, you have that self-confidence too. Which is always difficult to maintain and, and or to develop and stuff like that. But but you know, uh, even if you can, I think this is the best advice: fake it until you make it. <laughs> so you know, if if you don't if you don't own that bar, walk in like you own that bar. Walk in like you own that clothing store. Walk in and and it'll come to you. It'll come to you, and then and that confidence will be there. So we all start off um, anew in, in many different ventures. Uh, life is a learning kind of a journey. I'm still learning today. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think, uh, I think those are my three things. Tiffany, thank you so much for coming on today. Oh, thank you, CP. <laughs> I want to once again thank Tiffany Morgan for coming on the podcast. I really enjoyed that conversation. And thank you for listening to it. I really enjoy doing this podcast and talking and getting to know everyone. So uh, I want to keep it going and keep diversifying our guest list and everyone that we're getting. But if you would like to know more about Tiffany, you can actually go on to her website, Tiffany.com. Which, of course, that will be in all the descriptions for anywhere that you are listening to this podcast. But... Before we go, I have to give a quick shout out to my Patreons because they make this podcast happen and I can't thank them enough. So I give them a shout out on everything that I do. So Uncle Bobby B, Brian Cannon, Gilmy Talks, Clayton Wilson, Morgan Lee, Amanda Rich and Josh Collins. Thank you so much for not only supporting everything I do, but of course this podcast. And if you want to support this podcast and as well as everything that I do and you want to get a shout out at every week at the end of this podcast as well as this podcast plug free and early as well as video versions you could do so on patreon.com slash Curtis Rich okay. I am going to let you all go though so you all have a wonderful day you keep flexible in your life health and everything that you do and of course as always you have a holly jolly good time. Ah!